Welcome to this episode of Clarity Generates Confidence. As you've been listening, we're in season five, and its topic is shifting from defense to offense. And I, I, I can't tell you how excited and pleased I am that we have our, our next guest. I know this guest extremely well. We'll let people figure that out later on. She has been on before. But Christy Kinsey is a registered kinesiologist. She's the founder of Nine to Thrive Wellness, who specializes in, in supporting employees in corporations through their wellness. And she said something to me the other day, I think she actually said it on a presentation that she gave, that she'd been coaching people for 20 years. And considering that Christy is only in her mid-30s, she's been at this a long time and well-experienced. So Christy, thank you very much for joining us here today. Thank you so much for having me, Gary. Well, you know that today, really, the topic is about burnout. And I know you've been on before, early on, and we're talking in about corporate issues, but you really hit upon something. I want to tell a little bit of a story, if, if I can, and I know that you'll fit in, is that I know you were asked by your, your major customer to come last fall or December of 2022 and and find somebody to give a talk about burnout to these senior executives, 40 or so senior executives, CEOs. And she tried, tried a number of people, everything else, and people were not, weren't available or whatever happened. And so I know, and we chatted about this. You said, well, should I do it? You know, and I, you're going to have someone come with you and that didn't work out. So you ended up doing it yourself. And maybe just describe that experience for yourself. How did that work out? Because it wasn't what they were expecting, but it's been an incredible response and not only during, but afterwards. So Christy, how did that all come about? Well, first of all, it was terrifying. <laughs> I did a lot of speaking prior to the pandemic and in the pandemic, having to shift from a completely in-person business to completely online, put me in more of a back-end administrator, really taking the business and figuring out how to make it effective online. So I hadn't been well-versed in speaking over the pandemic, like doing workshops, they used to do a ton of them. Burnout is a topic that was near and dear to me. However, my clients hadn't seen me up in front of a crowd. Actually, at this point, I don't think this person had seen me at all publicly speak. And so there was a little bit of nerves when I couldn't find someone. However, this is a topic I know a lot about. And I put myself in a position where I put together a outline and submitted it to our client saying I could do a really good job. I also am a CEO, so I can speak to your CEO roundtable and be able to have an impact. I got the go ahead. And this is probably the most terrified because this was terrifying experience <laughs> as I was not doing this virtually. I was doing it in person in front of 45 CEOs in front of my two biggest clients who have never seen me publicly speak. So there was a, only a little bit of pressure walking into that room. And then they were also running a little bit, a little bit behind. <laughs> so it, it gave me a, some extra time to let the stress and pressure build, but it was the best experience of my life. And I'll say it's game changer for the business is taking myself outside of the comfort zone, sharing a story that I really hadn't shared to many of my clients, despite working with them for over five years. And being able to share this story that was incredibly relatable and also seeing a room full of executives and CEOs raise their hand when we went through the burnout symptoms. Well, well, I know I've, I've heard it. We've, and you've also done it for our company, GCP Industrial Products, uh, a few weeks ago. And it had a big impact and one of the biggest ones. So let's maybe start at the beginning. It's a lot of talk about what burnout 
And but what does burnout mean? You know, you come at this. Well, I'd appreciate, but you, you come at this from a physiological standpoint, being a kinesiologist. That's how we started off. But what does burnout mean to you? And what's it mean to other people? What happens to them? So burnout we see happen when an individual has been under prolonged pressure or stress for longer than the body is designed to handle it. We are designed to handle stress in very short bouts. I describe it as a hundred meter sprint. Then you're, you have some recovery time, then you can sprint again. That's how we're designed. Our system, our body is designed to handle stress. What we see is a stressor. So that's something that triggers the stress response. We're seeing multiple of them a day stacking one after another without any recovery time. And now when we take that spanning over weeks, months, years, when it comes to the pandemic, it messes with our body's natural systems, our hormonal regulations, our sleep-wake cycles, our body has uh, cycles and rhythms that it flows to each day. And when we're under this, having the stress response repeatedly, it starts to dysregulate our cycles. And this is where we see uh, shifts in our mind and shifts in our body. And when that pressure has happened, as I said, for this prolonged amount of time, it shows up as physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion. Again, I'm also a CEO and I've run a businesses for a long time. And I think we as CEOs get kind of wrongly accused of causing everybody's stresses and burnouts. And I, again, so I appreciate the way that you put it. You've got, I think you had a great definition of what burnout, what is burnout from your perspective, Christy? Burnout is that state of exhaustion of when you can no longer think, you can no longer do what you've been doing on a daily basis. And yeah. you're right. It doesn't discriminate. And it's not because of a work stress anyone can burn out. We see parents burn out. We see athletes burn out. We see students burn out. And there's three common denominators there. And that's one, because our stress response happens when there is a demand and a challenge or an action that we're being required to take. The second common denominator is we devote a lot of time to something. So if we devote a lot of time to something, we generally care about the outcome. Like, Parents care about their children's well-being, how they're doing in school. Are they making friends? So their care, the fact that they spend a lot of time doing it and that their days with their children require a lot of focus, a lot of attention. There's demands, there's challenges. They can burn out. There was a lot through the pandemic that pointed the finger at work. And yes, that can be cause some of the stressors. However, it's generally not all of them. And it's not the whole picture. The stressors is only one part of burnout. It's the stress response and the physiological response the body goes through to those stressors. That is what causes burnout. That's what I like to, to see because our bodies don't differentiate between work stress and home stress and our personal stress or physical stress, even eatings, whatever it might be. And so I, I like that, you know, so when I take things and make them simple, you call burnout comes from having unmanaged stress in whatever aspect of your life that might be. I think that's so great. But you know, I, I think for you too, what really made a difference in that talk, as you told me, is that you've also experienced burnout, right? Even at your young age, you've experienced burnout. So maybe tell us your story, if you wouldn't mind, please. Sure. Yes, I definitely have in a big way. At the age of 25, I was living overseas in Australia. It was a, a dream of mine to go and move across 
across the world and go live life down under, see what it was like. One of the biggest pieces to me going was I really wanted to go and live and work in another country and not only live and work, but I placed this expectation on myself to advance my career. And at the time, I didn't think much of it. I'd never actually even been to the country. So I packed my bags, flew 20, almost 24 hours across the world to a country I'd never set foot in and decided I was going to make a life there for a year. It was incredible. I experienced a lot. However, I didn't realize that one of my internal stressors and the expectation I placed on myself would cripple me. And this is where I was having repeated stress response, dealing with living life overseas. Their banking's not the same, dealing with tax, employment, getting houses, renting properties, all of these things I had to deal with in my personal life on top of trying to find work, trying to excel, trying to meet that expectation. And that's where I saw those stressors stack and stack and stack. And the tools I had in my toolbox to manage my stress were, I'm going to say, not good enough at that point in time. The stress got so high that my tools were actually exacerbating the symptoms instead of relieving. When things in my body, I saw physical changes to my health, which was my first big warning sign of something's wrong. I'm, you know, work in the health and wellness industry. I've coached people for almost 20 years in this space. So I knew, hey, I shouldn't be gaining weight despite eating very well and have studied a lot in nutrition as well. I knew what I was eating and the amount that I was eating was appropriate for my body but I didn't know how much impact stress had and how it could dysregulate my body systems and the impact of how it translated in my mind and my body. So that must've been a bit of a wake up call for your audience when they heard that, because I'm sure they now began to think about what they're doing in their life and what's happened to them, why they haven't been able to eat the right stuff, do the right things. So, but they're not losing any weight or seeing it. Did, did that sort of get some wide eyes and aha moments when you went through that, your story? Yes. Cause at this point in time, when I was going through it, I was exercising minimum of an hour a day, often two, because I thought at that point, well, if one hour is not good enough for burning up my stress that, that I must do two. And I should probably do more intense because the one hour isn't, isn't making, moving the needle. So let's double it up which is the exact opposite approach of what I needed. I'd also say I knew there was something wrong, body intelligence. My body was saying to me, it was giving me signs when I was doing these workouts. I was exhausted. I was yawning. I felt my energy really depleted partway through the workout and definitely after. almost felt like I needed a nap. So upon reflection now, my body was giving me signs. Hey, stop doing this. Stop doing this. But my studies, and if you research it at all, some of the most popular strategies to combat stress and manage it is physical activity. And what I see our clients do is they go physical activity means to a lot of people, sweating, intensity, maybe a run, hard strength training workout or a HIIT workout. That's what they think about. And so that's what they do first. And in the case of overcoming the stress response, we need to move our bodies. It's the most powerful way to 
complete the stress cycle and help burn up that excess stress chemical. But type, duration, and intensity is essential for actually completing the stress cycle instead of exacerbating the stress response. We need, just like we're meant to handle stress in short bouts to overcome it, short, less intense bouts, or if you are doing a little bit of intensity, 10 minutes so that you're not spiking that heart rate for a long duration of time. That's where we start to see it adding to that stress response and worsening the symptoms. So 10 minutes, you said 10 minutes, 10 minutes. That is so contrary to everything that I've been exposed to. And I've been on the planet a couple more decades than you have here. And I got that. That's just totally contrary to anything that I've seen. So how do you get that across to people? Because I'm going to come back to an expression that you and I have used is that there's the expression to work hard and play hard. And you know, I've never subscribed to that type of thing. I'll work hard, but I can't do both of those things. As I would say, it's like burning the candle at both ends, but I don't know how you respond to that. But I, I love the approach that you've got, but it sort of fits my own mental mindset, I get you say about it. Well, as you, going back to something you said in the beginning here is our body reads no matter whether it's personal, environmental, work, stress, as a demand on the system. So I, I explain it almost like a, a barcode scanner at the grocery store. It's like your personal stress, it scans. Okay, this, this level of demand. Oh, work has this level of demand. So it's not, it can't differentiate. Our body isn't that smart. Can't differentiate. Oh, this is work stress. This should mean more or have more of an impact, or this is just a little stressor. This shouldn't really impact me. Everything counts. And then the mistake I see is people go and they overdo it in the physical activity. And one of the hardest pieces of my own journey and what I see with clients is what I call shifting the mindset to help and really getting people to step back and evaluate is this activity? So we'll give the example of an hour run. Is it helping you? Is it truly improving the symptoms that you're experiencing on a daily basis? And when we evaluate that with clients and when I evaluated it with myself, and actually I had a team of practitioners to help me evaluate that, it was no. And I had to rewire in my brain what it meant what movement meant. And at Nine to Thrive, we use the term movement versus exercise because we need to move our body. We need to stretch. We need to do some resistance training. We do need to get our heart rate up a little bit, or we need to get our heart rate up to train that cardiovascular system. However, you have to tailor your movement to what the goal is. And that's the other piece that people forget is they kind of think of it as like a blank goal. Or if you Google you know, ex best exercises to do, what is the, what are those exercises tied to from a goal perspective for this, for burnout, it's your movement is tied to helping you overcome burnout and helping you complete the stress cycle. So you're processing the stress hormones through the body and they're not staying in your system. So you have to tailor what you do to that goal. Once you get out of burnout, what you do from that same exercise perspective may change. You might have a performance-based goal outside, but now you can go and you can tailor your workouts to it or your movement breaks to it. But getting out of burnout, what you do is going to be different than when you are back in what I call homeostasis 
And now you're in the preventative side of what you do to stay ahead of stress or your performance. But even those who are looking for performance-based goals, just as you said, can't work hard, play hard uh, from an athletic perspective as well. And, and play hard, maybe from a, a social side where there might be lots of eating out, drinking, we, we some area has to give. And it's a, it's a, it's a balancing act. I know for me, when work's very, I don't like the word busy. I like full. If there's full and lots on the plate, my movement becomes very supportive. I chunk it out to minimum two movement breaks a day, often three, kind of 10 minutes. So I'm completing the stress cycle multiple times a day. And that has been a game changer for helping relieve that mental and physical discomfort that comes with stress and also sleep at night. Yeah. Huge, huge as I've heard, just a huge piece. So what, I mean, one, you've answered a bunch of questions for me because I know that I would travel a lot and I traveled to China and I remember one time getting shingles and I didn't actually know it was shingles. I thought it was bed bugs or something because on the middle of my back. And that's because I had gone day and night and everything you travel, all that sort of thing. And I, and I realized I can't do this. I mean, I've got it. I'd always take at least one day off and not work on a day that I was there and not, not be out every night, which you could very easily do. But you have to, you have to learn how your body's going to work and accept that, you know, I come from, instead of having FOMO, the fear of missing out, you got to have a little bit of JOMO, the joy of missing out. You got to miss out on a few things because otherwise I just want to continue for a long time. And th- those are my learnings that I had even before we kind of had this conversation because it's years ago. But what can people do now? Because you really brought this to light and everybody gets it. Everybody's affected with, as you said, right from the beginning, could be any walk of life, could be any type of thing, whether you're working, not working, working a lot, even not personal, physical. One, first, how can people recognize it? And then secondly, what can they begin to do? What are the, I know you've talked a little bit, but I'm going to bring you back specifically to those two points. So some warning signs, big flags would be exhaustion, uh, decrease effectiveness. So at work, uh, often signs of you read something that you're not absorbing, you're doing a task repeated over and over again. Even at home, that could be asking a question. And my husband's called me out on this. He said, you asked me that question. I asked him three times one day, how, how his day was. He's like, that's the third time, Christy. So where you're not recalling short-term memory lapse, I often have a lot of clients come to me who say, I think I'm getting Alzheimer's. (laughs) And I (laughs) usually giggle and say, no, that's just stress. It makes you stupid and sick. (laughs) It, as Tracy mentioned, Stress shuts off access to parts of your brain. So that cognitive change, which often elicits a stress response, that fear of like, what is happening to me? I can't remember. I know when I was in burnout, I felt like I was living in a brain fog. I couldn't remember conversations with clients I had had. I couldn't remember tasks I was done. It was terrifying. I thought there was something seriously wrong. And it turns out there was (laughs) burnout, but I thought it was connected to a different disease. So change in someone's mood. This is something I say, look for in your family members, friends, colleagues. I've called some, uh, I actually called a family member out or sorry, I supported and gave them some awareness. And they they said to me, you're right. And actually reminded me of this last week. Like when we had this conversation and I asked her, was she okay? I noticed some changes in her 
her mood, she was able to open up and say, yeah, I've been struggling. This is what I've been feeling. I gave her some of the, some of these tips with how to adjust her movement, making sure from a daily activity side, getting her habits in check with hydrating and uh, eating three meals a day. That's a big one I see with a lot of corporate workers is the more they have on the plate, the more stress that they feel, the more inclination there is to skip a meal often breakfast and then caffeinate or lunch and caffeinate, which only now adds to that exacerbated stress response because the body is in a deficit when you deprive it of fuel. It's like trying to drive a car with no gas. You're not going to get very far. I was totally shocked uh, back in March when I attended this uh, Abundance 360 Summit and we had some of the top people in various technical, high-tech, exponential organizations field. And we had a session on longevity and they had a doctor get up there and won't particularly mention his name, but certainly well-renowned and written up <clears throat> talking about, have you, have you got down to one meal a day? Was the question was asked to him and he kind of goes, well, not quite. And he said, are, are you vegan now too? You know, cause his partner's got mostly vegan. He's no, I haven't quite got there yet either. And I kind of go, why are we asking someone if they've only, and the, he had just flown in from India, the like 20, less than 24 hours before. And then he's up on stage in front of, you know, 400 people and giving this talk and, and he travels from Harvard. And so he travels a lot. I think he's originally Australian, actually. So these guys travels a lot, does all these things. I said, the stress in his life has got to be really high, even though he writes about these things and works on it. I kind of go, why would they be asking him those questions? Because I don't think the people asking the questions were just having one meal a day. It, it, Chrissy, it just didn't seem to make sense to me from people who were so, I consider, smart about all of this. It certainly didn't fit the picture that that I know and what you've said. But why would people do that? Why would they say that? Because you can get caught and I get asked this all the time, especially when I give this talk, but what about fasting? And because it can have incredible effects in certain populations for certain outcomes. However, you have to be in a certain place with your habit and your body has to be, I'm going to say in its, in regulation in order for you to see the benefits to fasting. And when someone's seeing some of those burnout signs. So those changes in health decline up and say, you'll see a cortisol pouch. So right around the belly hips, you get a little bit of fat deposit that, you know, doesn't seem to go away with no matter what you eat, how much you exercise sleep disturbances too much or too little sleeping a lot can be an avoidance to stress the way your body is trying to process and avoid the stress anxiety and depression. If we let the symptoms of burnout persist, we can have some serious mental health consequences. From an organizational perspective, one thing I see is troubles communicating. This is a big one. And I often fall victim to it when things, lots gets put on the plate, you tend to take things back. So you might go and try and get help from a teammate, but then can't explain what you need from them or can't get out the objectives. So you start taking it back. Like you collect things back onto your plate because it's easier for you to do it than try to communicate again, what's happening in your brain. Is it shutting down that stress response is shutting down access to certain parts of your brain. That's going to allow you to explain, teach, educate, comprehend. So that's your brain protecting itself. 
And that's a big warning sign when people have trouble communicating and there's dysfunctions in, in teams, there's often a personal health situation could be going on, maybe seeing some signs of, of early or late burnout. Yeah. Cool. So Christy, what I really liked too, when you gave a session to us, you said, I think it was six, what I'll call strategies, activities that somebody can take that really were very clear and let set forward because you've described very clearly all of the, what burnout is, how people can see it. What can we do about it now? What are the things, what are the actions that we can begin to take to help ourselves when we once hopefully we recognize we're in this, in a potential burnout or early burnout situation. So we have a three step process. First is to do a stress audit and that evaluating the stressors. So those are those triggers in your life. So from an external perspective, what's happening in your environment, and then as well as internally, which are made up by your belief system. So I give one of my internal stressors is that I have a very high expectation to achieve and that I fall into the not good enough. Is this good enough category that I evaluate myself on every day, every email I write, any conversation I have, and that can elicit the stress response. So we have external and internal stressors. So making note of them for yourself and taking that time to check in with what is causing some of those triggers. Then I say you put on your problem solving hat. So you step out of it and come at it as if it was a work project and go, how do I reduce or eliminate? This is key for that. Not first of all, to start to build out, but also preventative in the future is knowing what your stressors are in your environment. And then internally is going to be extremely helpful so that you're not continually triggering the same things day over day, week over week, month after month. The second piece is you got to complete the stress cycle with some movement and breath work. So movement's my absolute favorite because it combines breath work and moving that body to physically process out the tension that comes in the muscles from the stress response. It helps burn up the stress chemicals so that your body can come out of fight or flight and into rest and digest where you can now navigate challenges and demand with ease and calm. And I'd add a third one is confidence. When we're in fight or flight, we generally are not navigating each demand that way. It's a little bit more frantic. And then the third piece is your stress recovery system. So this is that six part, six habit to okay. install into your life. One is hydrate water, not filtered through barley or beans or anything caffeinated drinking half your body weight in ounces is a baseline to get yourself up to that is important that is oil to your car that is oil to your engine your body without it it is stressful to your body second one is movement so getting 30 minutes broken up into two or three segments so three 10 minute movement breaks 215 at multiple points throughout the day, 10 minutes of breathing would be the third habit. Again, this can be broken up. We're looking at cumulative time spent. It can be a minute every couple of hours. It can be five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening, tapping into that deep belly breathing. So we're activating the parasympathetic, which is our rest and digest nervous system. The fourth one is 10 minutes 
of gentle stretching. This can be in the form of yoga. It can be in the form of standing static stretches, laying down. The stress response causes tension in the muscles. So we need to physically process that out. The fifth is eating three meals a day. So we are fueling the body for success and the demands that are coming at you left, right, and center all day long. So three meals that include protein source, source of healthy fats, and some good whole grain carbohydrates. And then the last one is defend your last hour before sleep. So shutting out those devices, you can do your breathing, your stretching, your meal prep, all in that last hour before bed where you're staying away from the blue light that and TV, video games, computers, work that is stimulating your brain and contradicting sleep. Awesome. Well, Christy, this has been incredible. I just so delighted you got onto this topic. We're able to tell your story and we're able to tell it for the rest of us. And I'm going to say for everybody who is listening to this is that just go to 9tothrivewellness.com and find a way to connect with Christy, Christy Kinsey, and let her help you on that journey with your company. And also, if you're interested in the burnout workshop itself, Christy's also now been providing that workshop to organizations on its own. It's kind of an intro that everybody can be part of. So Christy, this has been awesome. Any last words that you'd like to say to the audience before we sign off here today? I would say don't wait and don't override your body's intelligence is if you're feeling off, look into it, reach out. I can help you with giving you some of the major burnout symptoms, things to look for, but don't wait. It doesn't get better with time. You got to start taking action. Christy, that's great. And for those who've been listening, this is sort of the third in a series. We've got a little medical series we had with, we had Tahir talking about osteoporosis two sessions ago. If you've missed that, please go back and get it. And also Tracy Quinton talking about panic and coming at it from a, you know, mental standpoint and emotional standpoint. And Christy talking about burnout from the physiological and what to take. So this has been, I've really enjoyed doing this and hopefully it's really been helpful. So Christy, thank you so much for being with us and to our audience. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Welcome. And to our audience, until next time, please stay safe and stay healthy. Mm -hmm.